Welcome to Broadway's Backbone with Brad Bradley, a podcast dedicated to the men and women of the ensemble, the chorus of dancers, singers, and actors that are the foundation of every Broadway musical. These often unsung gypsies are the hardest working people on the boards and are, well, Broadway's Backbone. Welcome to episode 70. My special guest is Cameron Adams. Sitting here with Cameron Adams. How are you this afternoon? I'm doing great. Well, I'm so glad you're here. We're actually in Shetler Studios my new sponsor, which I'm very excited about. It's only my second time. Amazing. So I took pictures. We'll have to take a picture at the yes. end so I can hashtag it like the young kids do. <laughs> we, we met last year yeah. and you were in the, the midst of Hello Dolly and you said we will do an interview and here we are. So here we thank are. you. Finally, a year Thank later. you very much. So I'm going to read off your credits, which are two pages of credits, which is <laughs> which, it's pretty awesome. I was researching you and I was like, wow, were you two years old when you started? <laughs> <laughs> so, you started with Music Man, Oklahoma, Hairspray, Cry Baby, Shrek, Promises, Promises, How to Succeed in Business Without Really Trying, Nice Work If You Can Get It, Gigi, She Loves Me, Hello Dolly, and currently you are in tech for <laughs> My Fair Lady at Lincoln Center. Yeah. Just started previews, actually. Oh, Thursday. you did start previews. We started Thursday night. Yeah, oh, so, so just a few days ago. Oh, okay. Yeah. So maybe I can get to see it. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. Oh, I'm very excited. I, I mean, I, I love the show. It's going to be so beautiful. I mean, it's if anybody, if you love the show, you're going to love it. But even if you don't know the show, I feel like they've done a really nice job of taking, they've taken a lot of Shaw work from Pygmalion and also a lot of the movie of My Fair Lady, the musical of My Fair Lady, and they've made this sort of new version of it and it's oh, it's wonderful. like center at its best and Bartlett Chair and Chris Catelli at their best and it'd be really great because the last version I saw was like an eight person version of it oh with no set <laughs> I didn't know so. anybody would do that <laughs> we have so many people in our cast yes so yeah I'm excited to see it uh, completely done good so where are you from and how did you get started so I'm originally from Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, oh. down south so I'll probably say y'all a few times and I started out you know sort of like most people do just with the dance classes and I started just taking dance classes like a normal child but I was also I played basketball and uh, football in the yard with my dad and my brother and my mom was a dance teacher so I'm sure that's why I initially okay. started and it, you know free lessons because she was a teacher um, and then it just became the thing that I stuck with and that I fell in love with and I excelled at and enjoyed and made friendships. I did play basketball up until middle school and I tried cheerleading for about a year and hated that. Um, <laughs> my best friends were all cheerleaders in school and so I was like, I'm going to go for it. And then I was not my thing. But the dance initially just was what hooked me and I loved it. Then I really started singing with my dad in the car. My dad would, sells real estate but happens to have this phenomenal voice. And so we would be in the car driving to dance class or driving to school and we would sing like Temptations, a lot of Temptations, a lot of old uh, R&B, a lot of rock. We, did a, we love a Led Zeppelin moment and a Lehman <laughs> Brothers moment. You know, so we did a lot of singing, and then I just realized I loved that as well. And then because of my mom, I sort of was introduced to theater. We would see shows when they would come through town, or we'd drive to Charlotte, North Carolina, and go see shows, and it just became the thing I, I was passionate about. You know, it's such a different time now where young people have, it's all at their fingertips with the internet and everything, but when I was younger, right. obviously that wasn't an option, so you, you have to go see things. And I just fell in love. Well, it's interesting, too, because... 
I don't consider you that old. <laughs> so it's interesting that technology yeah. has, I mean, it's been really in my, yeah, I'm, you know, it's in my 30s now. So it's been in my time where I see a, such a drastic change, even in the last 10 years, you know, obviously. Yeah. So it's pretty amazing. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So you made your Broadway debut. I mean, there's different rumors. Some people say 14. Some people say, some people say 16. Uh, and I've asked people who are in the show with you uh, in Music Man. How did that come out? Because you were still in high school, Yeah, right? it's sort of a really... It's that funny thing, you know, we know as actors, when the more people you talk to, everybody's story is completely different. Right. It's funny you say that because there's a crew guy at that theater. I've, I've done three shows now at the Neil Simon, and there's a crew guy there named Ron who is in the props department, and he gets my age younger and younger every time. It's like, I started working with Cameron when she was eight. <laughs> I'm like, I'm eight. I was actually 16 when I auditioned, but I, I had turned 17 by the time we started rehearsals. Okay. That's still crazy. Still, yeah. But it was sort of a random thing. I was certainly not, you know, trying to be a child, teenage Broadway actor, you know, or professional actor or dancer. I grew up doing a lot of dance competitions and dance conventions. Which nowadays, sort of, some of them have a bad connotation because of things like Dance Moms. It's like right. not like that. I just judged my first one this Did past you? week. Yeah, I judge quite a bit when, when I'm in between shows, and I love it actually because I know how much it means to most of those kids. Oh, yeah. And now there is so much theater in my hometown, or community theater, and all the high schools do these huge productions. But when I was younger, it just wasn't as available. There was very few things, and I, of course, was a part of it as much as I could be. but. The dance competition sort of gave me an outlet to perform. And I have an amazing dance teacher who treated it as that, instead of you've got to win or you have to do mm. this. It was like, we're learning, we're getting better, we're learning to perform, we're learning what nerves are, we're learning what um, preparation for something important is, the work ethic that goes involved, all of that. So I did a lot of these types of things. And then the conventions to be able to take classes from teachers from LA and New York, and through one of those called New York City Dance Alliance that is top notch, still I teach for and judge for them now. Joe Lantieri, who is the uh, creator and artistic director of that, he teaches at Steps and he teaches at Juilliard. He's an amazing man. And Jay Bender Casting called Joe and said, look, we know you have all these kids that you work with and you meet all over the country. We're casting a Broadway revival of The Music Man, and we need a bunch of kids to come in, all ages eight to 18. You know, we need the big, the full spectrum. Looks, types, sizes, shapes, all of it, right? So Joe got a list of people he thought were appropriate, and I happened to be on that list, which is incredibly flattering. And casting called my mom, <laughs> and my mom and I talked. And you know, for me at that point, I didn't have a headshot, I didn't have, I wasn't like, I was look, starting to look at colleges, I was at the beginning of my junior year of high school. Oh, okay. And so for me it was one of those weird things where I thought it was so far-fetched. I knew I wanted to attempt to do this, and I knew I wanted to go to college for theater or dance. Oh, you were, okay. I did, I, yeah. I knew I wanted to go for it. I wanted to try, no matter what. And But I thought my route would be the more traditional route of college. And so I actually kind of laughed it off, and I was like, I mean, this isn't gonna go anywhere. And it's homecoming week, and I'm student body vice president, and there's a pep rally, and there's life, right? <laughs> and I'm not kidding, like, this is no, 16, because yeah. you're 16, and you're like, well. That's important. It's important, yeah. And my mom goes, well, look, it's up to you, but we could make a really fun weekend out of it. We'll go see a bunch of shows, we'll go shopping, just the two of us, and you can go to college in a year and a half, or two years, and know what it was like to audition for a Broadway show. And I went, all right, yeah, that's cool, let's do it. I was like terrified, beyond belief. 
And we got up and I went to the audition and then I went through the audition and then I got a call back. And that was when I think it hit my parents what was happening. Because <laughs> my parents didn't think I was going to get this show. Like, that wasn't the plan, you right, know? Right, yeah. So then they went, oh, okay, oh God, all right. Uh, so I flew back up for a call back at City Center with all these, like, now I know I was sitting in a hallway with the people that I was sitting in a hallway with and who I was auditioning for and... You know, David Chase was, was the musical director of that, and now he's probably been one of the people, if not the person I've worked with the most in my career, over and over and over oh, again. Oh, wow. Either as a musical director, supervisor, dance arranger, dance orchestrator, all those things. I think he knows this, that I feel this way, but I consider him like family to me at this yeah. point, and I just adore him. But he's there, and it's Strowman, and it's all these people, and I don't know how many weeks later, I don't know how long it actually was before I heard, but then I was at home, and they called my mom, and I got the job. <laughs> so... It was like, all right, what do we do? Yeah. And at that point, I had just turned 17 by the time I got the offer, like literally a week before or something. And I was so close to being done with high school, and I wanted to do this and try it. And so my parents really thought about it. And since I was really close to being 18 also, they thought, all right, let's do it. We're going like, to make this work. My mom, it was good timing. My mom had retired from teaching dance that year. My brother was in college, well into college, third year of college. My parents had been married for a thousand years and felt comfortable enough to allow my mom to come up to New York with me and my dad just flew back and forth when he could. Obviously, when I moved, I was 17, so it's not like she didn't feel comfortable leaving me for a weekend to go, Right. you know, at a certain point. And that show was like a real family. I mean, I know that sounds so cheesy, but I think most actors have had that experience where they feel like they're surrounded by family, and that was that experience for me. Mm. It's like those people guided me I had a ton of big sisters that were girls, the gals that were in their early 20s treated me like their sister and would include me, which I'm sure was maybe not what they always wanted to do all the time. And the older folks, who I'm still very close with many, many, many of them, were, you know, obviously huge inspirations to me and helped me sort of guide me through the beginning yeah. of that process. Because in that show, you were more part of the ensemble like yeah the first year i was in the ensemble and then the second year i took over for zanita so which was kind of nice too, to yeah, do yeah. two different things yeah. and, and see what that was and because i know the shows i've done with kids the kids are separate yeah and music man you guys are we were integrated. and because i was 17 i was technically an adult oh uh, right yeah <laughs> so they did they did have a child wrangler there but i didn't have the child wrangler obviously the younger kids did but i did they were kind enough and offered like a tutor to get me going i ended up graduating through my high school in south carolina through correspondence Wow. So they allowed me, my amazing high school principal, Ronnie Burgess, who played a few seasons in the NFL when he was younger, and looked at me and said, you know, I had someone help me out to get my dream going, and I want to make this as seamless as possible for you, so we will figure it out. So I graduated through Myrtle Beach High School, and I went to prom, and... They give yeah. you a personal day to go to I prom? I took a personal day to go to prom. <laughs> I love that. I took a vacation to go on my senior class trip to Mexico, which was... A terrible idea. <laughs> I did those things. Yeah. I took my SATs at Martin Luther King High School over here on 10th Avenue on a Saturday before a two-show day. You know, it was insane, but yeah. we just made it work. And then when I graduated, I treated my time during the day like college, and I just immersed myself in classes because I realized very quickly if I did want to stay, I had to be much more versatile, and I had to keep working really, really, really hard. Yeah, I find that so interesting because yeah. I think a lot of times people move here when they're at a, a done point in yes. the training. 
Right. Or they feel like they're at a done point in their training. Right. As we both know, you're like, oh God, you're going to never, never stop. <laughs> you never, you never stop. You it's, stop. And like now I'm at the point where like I'm going back to basic yeah. stuff because I was like, it's like I don't want to have to compete in class. I want to be able to learn in class. No. Yeah. And not be worried about what everybody else is looking at and doing and thinking. It's just like you. Yeah. But at, there's a time when you want to be able to compete oh, next to the person. Are you kidding? You're like, I want to kick higher than that yeah. person. And I'll do one like, more turn than that. I got that. Yeah. <laughs> now I'm like, I don't want anyone to know I'm here. <laughs> In the back. Were you taking class as you were doing Zanita? I mean, yeah. You know, I started taking an acting class that was recommended to me, just a scene study class. And I started taking a, you know, I just sort of, because I wasn't in college, I treated, and then I also had fun and, and, and yeah. just lived my normal life sort of in New York. I just knew if I wanted to stay, I had to be more than just a dancer who kind of can sing okay and doesn't really know what she's doing when it comes to acting, but is talented enough that she can get by. I just didn't want to do that. I wanted to be able to do all of the things right. well. Because the people that influenced me, you know, my first Broadway show that I ever saw was Crazy For You on Broadway. I was 13 and Karen Ziemba was playing the lead. Mm. And I sat on the front row of the mezzanine at the Schubert with like my head in my hands. And I was like, if I can be that woman, <laughs> I just couldn't believe because she's like the epitome of the triple threat to me. Oh, yes. The women like Karen Ziemba, who I now know as like, you know, socially. And I still, I don't think she knows this, but I see her and I still get nervous because I just think she's like the cream of the crop. I think she's amazing. So like people like those were my, I loved Cheetah. I loved like, those are the women, not just dancers, right? They, yes. they were the people that could kick their face and then also carry a leading role. So I knew I had to bust my butt if I wanted to actually do that. Yes. Yeah. And it's great that you didn't rest on your laurels. I mean, that's... No, because I was a good enough dancer. I do know that. And I don't think this makes me sound cocky, but I was a good enough dancer. I knew that, like, I was going to, you know, study my summers at North Carolina School of the Arts in the Modern Dance Program. I balleted down. Ballet, 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 ballet. Even though I knew I was never going to be a ballet dancer. I didn't have the facility for it or the capability for it. There was a moment where I thought I wanted to go the modern dance route and go to a school that was more based on that, but I just loved to sing and act too. I yeah. loved theater too much. Yeah. But I think that that's what's amazing, especially working with someone like Strowman, yeah. is that they want their dancers to be actors. Yes. I mean, that is, um, we live in a time like My Fair Lady, you know, is a huge cast. Dolly was a huge cast, but like nowadays the casts are not that big mm -hmm. because they don't want to pay for it. So you have to, you know, at Nice Work, if you can get it, I was in the ensemble understudying Kelly O'Hara. Yeah. So it's like you have to be able to be versatile in many, many ways that you didn't have to. You used to not have yeah. to. Or you're just going to have a better shot at getting a job. And now it's almost more interesting when you're like, yeah. oh, look at that person's making a choice. They're, yeah, it's yeah. better. Yeah. That's what you want. Yeah. Right? And knowing that you can make that choice at the audition. Absolutely. That's what's going to get that's you. That's what's going to get you the job. Yeah. Honestly. Yeah. 100%. Did you stay with Music Man the whole run? I did. I was doing it and I was actually supposed to leave. I was cast in that revival of 42nd Street. Oh, okay. The ensemble. And then our, our Zanita was Kate Levering who left to go play Peggy Sawyer in that. And as she was leaving, she looked at me and said, you know, you should audition to replace me in Music Man. I didn't even cover Zanita. I covered Gracie, the younger sister. At 17? So at se yeah. Well, because I just looked oh, really yeah. young. Oh, yeah, yeah. I was 17, but I was like, puberty happened very late. I looked very young. I looked like a little girl, which is why I got that job, you know. Actually, the girl that played Gracie initially was like 16 years old. Oh, she man. just looked really young. Yeah. And so I thought about it, and then 
I think she had she planted that in someone's ear and they asked if I would audition for it. And I did and I got it. And so I stayed there and bumped up to Zanita. And then shortly thereafter, my Gracie that came in was Tyler Peck of New York City Ballet fame. Oh, yes. New York City Ballet star Tyler Peck. As Gracie, she came in as the younger sister and we sort of formed a friendship and a bond then. I still, I try to go see her a couple times a year at the ballet and just weep and feel like a big sister and so proud of her and so amazed by her career. I stayed there and did the whole second half, which was almost another year. Oh, that's so great. Yeah, it's almost two years. Yeah. And then Oklahoma came into your life and yeah. so you must have, I always, it's interesting when someone hires you again because yeah. first time they hire you is because you're right for the show and you're talented. Right. The second time they hire you is because you're also good to work with. Right. So how is working with the show again? And Oklahoma was another huge show, but the dancing, you Dancing was hard in both oh, of these man. shows. Oh man, big time dance shows. But because I was so young, I was so used to working that hard all mm. the time. And I was young, you know, you're 17, I was 19 when I went into Oklahoma. I turned 20, like, yeah. <laughs> it's just like, that's what you do. I went into Oklahoma as a replacement. So I didn't, I saw Stro quite a bit, but I didn't work with her directly as much. The associates put me in, um, Ginger Thatcher and Warren Carlisle and those guys. But I came into Oklahoma as a vacation swing. So I was 19 and I learned 12 female tracks. And I'm pretty sure I called my mom crying every night at the end of, because it was already in the run to yeah. really going. I was replacing someone else. They hired me because I was sort of of a medium height. A lot of those girls were taller, a la Susan Stroman. And then there were two younger girls that played sisters that had to do a lot of ballet and a lot of dancing in the dream ballet. And they were these young gals. So I could go on for them as well as the other mm. girls. And then what eventually happened is Rochelle Rack was in the show, the amazing Rochelle Rack, and she hurt herself and was out. And so the last, I don't know, four months of the show, I was in her track in the ensemble. So I took over for her officially. Okay. They, it was towards the end of the time. Can't, can't she team. was definitely, she was like the tomboy track, which was also, it was like she danced with all the guys. She did like all the lifts and mm. stuff. And um, it was probably the track that was most right for me too, because I tumble and you know, you tumble I, as well. I do tumble. Yeah, wow. I do a two, music man and Oklahoma side aerials every night. I was like, what am I doing? <laughs> <laughs> and I think Rack did it in a heel. I was like, no. Uh, yeah, yeah, she's, <laughs> she's, crazy. she's crazy. She's, she's amazing. Crazy. Yeah. But it's like that experience was also really a big learning experience of how to swing and what that is. Yeah. Um, Swinging is so yeah, hard. It's incredibly difficult. Yeah. Yeah. So it seems like you've made a, a bit of a, in the beginning of your career, you made a career out of uh, being young and being a teenager because uh, your next show was Hairspray. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, I played young until probably like my late 20s. Hairspray I did on and off for four years of my oh, life. Oh, you did? I mean, yeah. I did the tour originally as a swing. When the first national first went out, I rehearsed with the original company of that. I was a swing for six months and then took over for Brenda on stage. Took over for one of my best friends in the world, Ali Mozzi an amazing actress going into the role of Ernestina in Dolly next week. Oh, yeah. cool. And she's one of my best friends. I understudied Ernestina and I think she's either in my wig or my costumes. I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> so she left the tour and I took over for her. And then I was leaving the tour because I'd done it for a year and this that track opened up on Broadway. So I went into it on Broadway and did that for over a year. And then I looked at them and said, you know, I'm young. I've been doing this a long time. I would love to be your vacation swing. I don't want to be here full time. I want to go do jobs that pay me $2, but that challenge me and fulfill me and maybe broaden my horizons a little bit. That's a big choice to make. Most people yeah, would not make that were, choice. A lot of people were 
it was funny. I dealt with a lot of older people being like, you have no idea how lucky you are. And I get that. And I did know how lucky I was. I was 22, moved up here at 17, had never done anything else but this, didn't go to college and went, what if this isn't what I want to do with my life? Mm. And I have to take a minute and I have to think about it. But I have this great thing. I know all the tracks anyway because I was a swing. Let me come in and out. I was there more than I wasn't because at that point the run the show had been running for years and people were constantly on vacation yeah. or leave of absence or whatever. So I was that's, there. I think lot. that's pretty brilliant. You know, I now in my mid thirties look back at that and go, God, you're brave. But it's also that thing of youth and it's also that thing of like, well, this is the time. If you're gonna take a moment and go, I don't know, this is the time to do it. I did. I even I went home for about a month and sat on my parents' couch and like contemplated if this is what I wanted to do with my life yeah. or if I just happened to be good at it and I just had a moment and then I was like no I'm crazy this is exactly what I was yeah. doing and I fell back in love and that was also the time for me where I was really auditioning a ton and getting nothing because it was like dirty rotten scoundrels and those kinds of shows were coming in and I looked still looked like I was like 19 years old right and so it was it was a good learning experience for me too that time I think I just assumed that you, you right. never went through a period where you had to contemplate or you didn't, oh. you got cut. No, I just was lucky to have hairspray was such a constant and they would just call me. I mean, it literally got to a point where they'd be like, okay, on Tuesday you're Tammy or whatever. And so Sunday night I would just come sit in the back of the house and watch the show and do it on Tuesday because I just knew it inside and out. Yeah. Like I could probably still do most of that show. <laughs> I don't know if I'd get through it anymore. It was so, it was just cardio. So much cardio. Oh my God. Yeah. It's in the best shape of my life. Oh. That so you had three big hits with Hairspray yeah. and Music Man in Oklahoma. Yeah. And one of your next shows where you also played a teenager was, yeah. was Cry Baby. Right. Which uh, was not successful. No. <laughs> not at all. And, 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 but the dancing was, was oh really hard. It was really the hardest impressive. Dancing how is that just emotionally, especially going after a time when you're like, is this what I want to do? Yeah. To all of a sudden be in a flop. Well, I also, before that, when I was like, Hairspray wasn't calling me and this and that, I was like hostessing at a barbecue restaurant and like doing those things too, you know? So like real life stuff that we as actors sometimes have to do, you know? Yeah. So I was like working at Brother Jimmy's Barbecue on the Upper East Side. It doesn't even exist. That location doesn't even exist anymore. My boyfriend at the time was bartending and, you know, it's like at Brother Edo, you're just like doing yeah. your thing, yeah. right? Uh, when Crybaby happened, at first it was a workshop. So we did a four-week real Broadway workshop down at 890 Broadway. It was really funny and really dirty and the dancing was so amazing. It was like Rob Ashford at his best athletic male dancing, athletic partnering. I was dancing with some of the, I think at that time, some of the best dancers in New York. It was awesome and I loved the show and I was, I loved it. And I really loved that, you know, Hairspray I met like some of my best friends. I met my person that I ended up being in a relationship for 10 years. I met him doing that show. That was like a really formative time in my life. And then Crybaby, I ended up meeting another one of my closest girlfriends, Elizabeth Stanley. Oh my God, I, I love She's her. She's the best. I did sugar with her. She's the most amazing. Yes. And and Ali Mozzie and I had done Crybaby, Hairspray and Crybaby together. You know, it, so that show was, Crybaby was really special to me, yeah. just like Hairspray was in that way because of the relationships that I formed. So we did the workshop and then we did an out of town at La Jolla for two months. And then we went to Broadway for three months. So it, it didn't feel like 
it felt like a flop, obviously, because when you walk out on stage and there's like a very small percentage of your theater is full, you're like, oh, okay, got it. They don't normally sneak up on you, the closings, because you're, you're walking out on stage going, well, right. there's not a lot of people here. Yeah. It's a big old theater. But because we did a workshop and we did it out of town and then we came to New York, it felt like a longer process than it actually was. Yeah, we did a month of a workshop and then two months out of town. And then so really it was a half of a year of a process for me. It was like a six month thing altogether or seven months. But you know, it's always hard. It's this thing about this business is like, you're like, but I saw the flaws in that show also. And, and they did too, you know, the creatives did too. It's not as if it was a surprise to them right. either. We, but they worked really hard on it. I think with that show, it was actually better off a little dirtier. And mm. they were concerned about group sales and families and things. And, and I think had we been in a smaller theater, it might've had a little bit of a better shot. Yeah. It wasn't a terrible show. I don't know how my body would have held up doing that dancing eight shows a week oh. for longer than that time, but. That's what I always hear yeah. about Basher shows. I'm not oh my Lord. one of his dancers, thank God. He's, for my I mean, body. You know, it's that funny thing where Batman single-handedly kept me employed. Crybaby, he went in as a consultant, artistic, creative side, like director and choreographer consulting for Shrek. That's when I got hired for Shrek. Okay. He hired me for that. He hired me for How to Succeed, for Promises, Promises. I did a workshop, multiple workshops and readings for him. Mm. So he has been incredibly generous to me, but he makes you work really hard. Yes. <laughs> yes. So with Shrek though, so you, it sounds like you might have missed some of the I missed a drama. lot of the drama in Seattle. I did. Yes. Yeah. I came along, myself and Marty Lawson got hired. They decided they needed an extra female ensemble, male ensemble for a couple little specialty things, but we did very little in the show. Like I, like my track, when they took it on tour, my track was completely mixed up with somebody else's. Like I could do my entire track and all of the internal covers that I had and never cut anything from my track. I could still do everything. Oh. Because it was so minimal. Yeah, okay. So I did very little on that show. I was <laughs> like, I can't believe I got this job because I am like not working very hard. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So my next question is actually twofold. Okay. First part is a lot of people say, oh, they, they grew up in theater. Right. You literally grew up, you became yeah. an adult on yeah. Broadway. Yes. I mean, how was that like, I mean, because sometimes I think being in dressing rooms, like sometimes I'm even hearing stuff that's too old for me. You were you went from a child and now you're probably the person saying it. I mean, yeah. how, totally. how was that having a huge part of your formative years and growing up and becoming an adult? Right. I mean, yeah, of course. Music Man because there were so many younger people, people were pretty good about, like, I missed a lot of stuff that, like, went over my head, you know, or I didn't, or they didn't say it in front of me, I didn't hear it. You know, like, we'll get together every now and then, some of us from that show, and someone will say, remember when the drama happened with such and such? And I go, no, I have no idea what you're talking about. Like, I just missed all of that. Yeah. Oklahoma, going in, I was, I've never been more intimidated. It was my first time replacing, obviously, and to go into that dressing room with that group of women, and everybody was definitely in their late 20s or early 30s or older, and that was really scary for me. And I just kept my mouth shut and kept my head down and did mm. my job. And then I had a couple people, you know, I had the amazing Kathy Voidko on one side of me, and she's just so amazing. And then a handful of really wonderful women, a woman named Jennifer West, who isn't performing as much anymore, but her husband's Adam Danheiser, he's done a ton of things, and she was to my right. And then those two women on the other side of me were like incredibly mm. amazing to me. But it's tricky. You know, Shrek was not the easiest because people just weren't as happy as they wanted to be. So that was a tough dressing room. Yeah. And, you know, I've been really lucky, knock on wood, and I have had some amazing dressing rooms. Like, That's, yeah. amazing dressing rooms. So 
I've had very little of the bad side of it. Yeah. Well, it's interesting that you said, to backtracking a little bit, when you talk about flops, I mean, sometimes I look at my resume and I'm like, well, what does that show mean to me? It's just a name on a resume now, right. but it's about the people yeah. that you met. Like, I, that show didn't get an award, but I got a best friend. You mean that, what was your favorite part about the show? It was the dressing room. I think we think about it so much as like, the show, the show and the, what it's gonna do for our career. We don't realize that our personal lives are gonna become better from the yeah. people we meet. Well, and ultimately, it is that thing where once the show is up and the, the opening night is done and then the Tony Awards have happened and da 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 da, you just go do your show eight shows a week. So you have to find the people that you, it doesn't have to be everyone, but you have to find the people that you connect with and that you really adore and whether that's crew, dressers, wardrobe, you forget there's all these other amazing people and you meet them and, and it's a cool business because you meet interesting people. You meet some crazy people, obviously, but you meet a lot of really interesting people and at least that makes it, even if it's maybe not your favorite show or not your favorite experience, at least you're kind of surrounded by people who make things interesting and aren't boring and right. you're not like doing water cooler talk. <laughs> yeah. Yes. But part two of the question was, not only did you become an adult, you became a young lady and now you're a woman. I just have to assume that you've had to deal with sexual harassment and uncomfortableness. I think now I think it's easier for people to stand up for themselves, yeah. but that wasn't always the case right. like even three months ago. Right. So how have you had to deal with that? Because especially during a time when you're, you are 19, putting your head down, it just seems like a lot to be on a young lady's shoulders. Yeah. I mean, I gotta be honest, I've dealt with it very little. I think in this community, men get it more. Mm. Gay men get it more. Yeah. Which is so unfortunate. I have had, you know, I've had the quick change backstage where I am completely naked and you're changing the whole thing, right? And I've caught the crew guy looking over when mm. he shouldn't be or whatever. And, you know, I've never not spoken up. So it's like, mm. I mean, like, I'll, that is a situation, I remember that situation very specifically and literally looking him in the eye and going, please stop looking at me, turn mm. around. And he was mortified and stage management handled it and we never saw him again at that theater. He was a sub and he never came back. Oh wow. So, you know, none of our guys that were there every night, those crew guys were, would have even thought to do something like that. Cause well, they're too busy. They're A, too busy. <laughs> B, don't look at my, you know, topless body, please make sure that set piece gets on stage and doesn't hit somebody in the head. But I, you know, I do have a lot of friends that have dealt with inappropriate things and, and it is mostly with younger people. I did dodge that for the most part. Mm. I mean, I've had a producer say, yeah, make sure you wear that short skirt because those legs are going to get us investors, you know, when you're doing like a reading or a workshop. Right. And you're like, really? Yeah. <laughs> no, you need to just work on your script probably because the book needs work is really what's going to get Yeah. But, um, yeah, that's what yeah let's work on the book a little bit. I think unfortunately... In this business in theater, men get it a lot more. Right. I have but a yeah, lot of male friends that have dealt with it. Yeah, it's interesting because I, I would kind of agree. I, I can honestly say I have not. Yeah. Why not? What's wrong with you? <laughs> no, uh, but it's when I think when men say that, then uh, I think some of the backlash have been like, this isn't a men's issue, this is a woman's issue. Hmm. Which I, I found that, but I think that's not the issue. That's not what we're talking about right. in theater. I think that's what we're talking about globally globally yeah um and so i get that globally well i mean i've certainly i've dealt with other sides of it oh she's 
needs to lose weight or she needs to be tighter or thinner or she needs to be prettier or I mean you know these are things I have heard multiple times and it is like incredibly difficult and infuriating especially when I feel like for the most part I've made a career doing shows where I'm playing like a real person right like I literally opened this show with dirt on my face selling flowers you know with Eliza and then I play a maid for most of the show and like a you know and then yeah at the end of the show I have to be in a, a sexy dress and kick my face and get me to the church on time right, right. so I, the point is you know I have to do a million different things but you do hear like those things obviously that's just part of it and have you had struggles with weight and insecurities and had to do that yeah. oh if, I mean I think if you talk to anybody in this industry but especially a woman yeah you know I, I found out I didn't get a call back for something that I was really right for and felt super great about an audition for because you know they said I needed to lose weight Oh, okay. that's, that's, <laughs> you know, that. or I, I had a casting person call me, but you know, what's funny. It's never been from a director or a choreographer. Oh. It's been from someone on the outside. So I also take that and like, well, you're not actually the reason I would book this job. So, um, it is, yeah, it's tricky, but, um, but I, at this age for me, I don't care anymore <laughs> because right. I feel very confident in who I am and, yeah. You know, all of those things but when you're younger it's hard and you do struggle with those things because you know I was lucky and never dealt with any eating disorders or things like that but I certainly have a giant handful of friends that have yeah and uh, it's super unfortunate that it's still a thing yeah but it is yeah know, it is one of my favorite parts of the dance competition this weekend was there was a lot of uh, young plus-size girls that were dancing their faces yeah. off. Oh, yeah. And it was just so refreshing because in the professional world, you, you, it's almost like you aren't allowed to see that. No, it's and, crazy. And it was really, really impressive. Some of my highest marks went to them because some of them like looked like, like these pit bulls that were, had so much energy. Yeah. And I was like, how are they doing that? Yeah. The audience doesn't care oftentimes. And if they do, then that's the wrong... Yeah, I, mean, I get it. If you're doing Rock of Ages and you've got women in lingerie and they're supposed to be sexy strippers at a certain point in the show, then you've got to get a hot bod. And, you know, I have a ton of friends that were in and out of that show and they had to keep up with their bodies and they had to be careful about things like that because that's what the job entails. Right. But if you're playing a secretary in a show, you know, yeah. as long as you can do what is asked of you, yeah. you know, I think it's better. You want to hire someone who looks like a real person. Yeah. Well, I noticed with uh, your uh, your resume, you have a lot of period pieces. Oh my god! It, and a lot, of a lot of revivals, which is great. But do you see that, that that's kind of like that's your niche? Yeah, I mean, I've never done even the new musicals that I've done. I've never done a show that the time that takes place after 1968. It's all been 1968 or before, which is crazy. Yeah, that is pretty crazy. So even the like pop musicals I've done, Hairspray, Crybaby. You know, it's funny. Yeah, it is funny. But I think you know. That's what my face sort of does. I, I get that. You know, mm. I do get... I don't have a super modern look. I have sort of a an old school kind of look. I would love... I always joke. My joke is I'd love to do a musical where I wear, like, jeans. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, what's that like? Yeah, because yeah, I mean, it's um, a lot of corsets and a lot of petticoats. Oh, my Lord. Just the petticoats and the bustles and the hats. The hats. All the hats in the world I've worn. Um, so, yeah. But I don't mind it because it's like... I'm a very casual person in my in my everyday life. I am sort of a tomboy. I'm really laid back and you know sporty, and it's kind of fun to go to work and play. You play dress up at work. Oh right? yeah, yeah. I love it. I love this show right now, My Fair Lady, because I get to play like 
lower class, middle class, and upper class all within the show. Oh, that is it's very really great. fun. Yes. It's really fun. Yeah. So uh, with Gigi, She Loves Me, and Nice Work You Can Get It, you worked with three huge choreographers, yeah. different choreographers, right in a row. I mean, with Josh Bergosh and Warren Carlyle and then Kathleen Marshall. What I think it's, I found interesting is that, yes, you worked with Strowman uh, a lot and Rob Ashford a lot, mm-hmm. but now these are completely yeah. different people. Right. There's not like, I mean, obviously you're extremely talented, so are you also just good at auditions that you're like, because most people work with one choreographer their whole career, yeah. and you're like... Everyone loves you, which is awesome. <laughs> I don't know if I'm good at auditioning. I think, because I, I get so nervous when I audition. Like, like walking into Shetler Studios today, there were two girls in the elevator with me, clearly coming for an audition, like a lash and a red lip, looking fabulous. <laughs> and girls, I hope you book those jobs. But I got nervous for them. I was like on the elevator and I got like a little bit sweaty and my stomach got nervous. And I was like, it's just hard. It's so hard what we're asked to do. And yeah. You know, I think one thing I am when I walk into a room, I do know this is very genuine. So I think that is a nice thing. Kathleen I had worked with before. I did a ABC Disney movie of The Music Man. Oh, you did? When I was 19. I played Zanita in that. Oh, you did? How cool is Yeah, that? with Clyde Alves, who was... Uh, so we were Tommy and Zanita on Broadway at a certain point together and then did it together in that. And it had they had nothing to do with each other. It was like completely separate, but we both auditioned and got it, so that was pretty awesome. So I had worked with her, but I was 19, you know, and mm. so with nice work, I was in my late 20s. We hadn't worked together since, and I'd auditioned for her, but hadn't hadn't gotten anything, and so it was really nice to do that with her. I just think she is, like, amazing, and she loves women, and she wants women to have families and be real people and be successful and be beautiful, and it's really lovely Mm. and she lets me be an actor singer as well like I'm not just there to be a dancer so I was there to dance and then cover Kelly and Kelly had lots of concert gigs and so myself and the other understudy got to go on a ton I think I did the role like over 20 times that's wonderful yeah and it's my favorite thing I've ever done that role it's the most me I've ever I've understudied a lot but this was like one of the roles where I felt like it just felt like a really solid fit. Well, you are a tomboy. I'm a tomboy. Vocally, it was sort of in my wheelhouse. I loved the comedy. I love comedy. I love it so much. It just was a good fit for me. Yeah. So I was really thankful for that with her. And with Josh, Josh and I were in Hairspray together. You were? Yes, he was in the ensemble of Hairspray. Oh, I so, that. yeah. So we've known each other for years. Like, yeah. years. And so to get to work with him, and I've now worked with him a handful of other times since Gigi on other things, workshops and readings and things like that. And I just love him so much as my peer also. So I think Josh, you know, I don't know what Josh loves about me, I, I, but I do think it's also that we just get along really, really well. Yeah. And he trusts me and he knows I work hard, but I'm also like going to go in there and make it a really fun environment yeah. and we make each other laugh a lot so I just genuinely love him very much yeah. and then with Warren I had met Warren when I was really young but not we just sort of brushed past each other at Oklahoma because he was on to the producers and on to other right. things with Stro. and so we've known each other for years and so when She Loves Me came around it just was so exciting to finally actually get to work with him and on a show you know for him that wasn't a huge dance show for him there's really one big dance number I was more like in character lady land and then there was one dance number and I danced a little bit but it was certainly more featured for 
Michael Fatica who played the busboy in that show and mm. was the one who gets to do all the crazy tricks and stuff. Yeah. But then we got to do Dolly together, which did feel like a big dance show. Yeah. I've done a lot of other concerts and other things for Warren and pre-production and he challenges you a lot, makes you work really, 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 really hard, but you want to. Yeah. It's nice too. And it's nice to work with people that I met at a young age and then work with them as an adult. Mm-hmm. It's different. Yeah. But it seems like you, you must have a very good worth ethic because sometimes you don't realize the person that, yeah. that you're sharing your dressing room with or you're working with are someday going to oh, cast you. for sure. I mean, I mean, that's the thing. Now I'm in an age and, and we're at points in our lives where our friends are the choreographers, directors, producers, casting people. You know, it's true. Like when I was 17 and doing Music Man... Craig Burns was an intern at Chelsea. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's a small, small pool of people, really. Yeah. And if you're difficult to work with, everyone's going to know. People do know, and people check in on on that. I know, I've, I've personally gotten phone calls from people asking my opinion on other mm. actors. Yeah. <laughs> so Yeah, because like, I think choreographers want to know, are they going to be good in this dressing room? Yeah. It's not just about... Well, because it's a, you got to think of a long call. You can't just think of like setting up a show and, and all of that, because it... it is about the long haul. Yeah. And I have worked with people that unfortunately sort of, I don't know what the right phrasing is, but they didn't do themselves any favors and then they didn't get hired by those people anymore. Yeah. So, and it's not about sucking up and it's not about, it's being like authentic, working hard, showing up, being genuine and just doing what you're asked to do. Yeah. So it doesn't mean you have to be, I think a lot of young people think it's like, especially with social media now, it's like, I have to be friends with this person. I have to do this. And I have to go to this thing. And it's really about what you put into it mm -hmm. and when you're having trouble getting the Broadway show it's about doing the regional jobs because those people choreographing those regional jobs are now choreographing the Broadway shows right that's how it works I've really loved working with all the people I've worked with like Kathleen we've done a bunch of uh, we did Molly Brown together and Denver and we've done a bunch of other stuff together and concerts and concert at the 92nd Street Y where I got to sing solos and be opposite Rob McClure doing song and dance stuff and, oh fantastic. you know things yeah. like that yeah. she really gifts me things like that and it is so goes so far and I would go play a tree and pick my nose for her on that show you yeah. know what I mean like whatever do, you want yeah. me to do I'll go do it yeah so, so do you have a, a real life because it sounds like <laughs> no because I mean like it was, I actually don't know you people advise me they're like this is a must interview that's why I like was very discovered to get you yeah but it just seems like you you go from show to show to show to show. That, I mean, have you gotten a chance to actually enjoy yeah. things? Yeah. My biggest thing I'm trying to change is to travel more, like really travel more. Like I went to, you know, Italy last year with one of my best girlfriends and I make an effort. I go home quite a bit because I have a nephew now that I am like madly in love with. He's two and he's perfect. And so I try to, he's in Charlotte, North Carolina. So I try to, and my brother and I are very close. So I see family a lot. I have an incredibly close group of friends. Mm. It's that funny thing where you realize there are huge things that happen in your life and you really realize who is important and who matters to you. So I have some really close, amazing friends and I make time for them all the, all the time, right? Yeah. So no, I'm good. When I when the show's open, I'm really good about doing what I want to do. So That's good. I'm not the person who doesn't use their personal days and go to the beach with your friends because it's his 35th birthday and you're going to go celebrate and do the thing or you know you go to the take the weekend and do the thing and you know I, I'm good about that yeah. I, I maybe wasn't as much when I was younger but I don't think anybody is you know right. so as I've gotten older it's like a priority to me you know I've missed a couple people's weddings that I really regret yes I won't do that anymore yeah it's just not an option I also mean, the show goes on I'm not that important it's really okay yeah. <laughs> the like amazing swing will step on it and kill it and it's going to be yeah. great yeah they don't realize they 
that you're no. not there. It's in all a sense. good. Yeah. I'm really good about it. I love, you know, I'm a basketball fan, so I like loving March Madness right now. And I play fantasy football with a group of friends that I did have to succeed with. Including Daniel Radcliffe, he plays oh. fantasy football with us still. Yeah, he's very passionate about American football. We all split a cable package during How to Succeed, and we would go early on Sundays and have like bagels and coffee and watch football before the matinee. Wow, you would definitely NFL Red Zone. Yeah, totally. I do that, and I'm an avid reader. I love to read. I'm like, um, if you see me on the train, I've always got a book. Or a podcast. I'm a podcast listener. Uh-huh. So I just, I like to do all those other things. Yeah. Yeah. Because we do sacrifice a lot. There's we do. It's a weird schedule. Yeah. Unless you it's know. on a Monday. Unless yes. you get married on Monday, you're not going. Yeah. It's like, it's a tricky thing. And because I'm single for the first time in two, two years, I'm like dating. And dating is a whole other thing. Going on dates with someone who doesn't do what we do is like, they're like, wait, what are your hours? Oh, yeah. As soon as you say that, they're yeah. like, yeah. It's I, weird. You're going to see me at 1130? Exactly. Like, I have to. For a second, it's sort of like, I think, exciting and, and maybe a little bit, you know, romantic for them. And then they realize, oh, geez, Louise, that's, I have to be up at seven. Yeah. <laughs> but it's, it's still exciting. So yeah, it is. And when you always say, like, I don't want to take someone in the business. And they're like, well, maybe, this is why yeah, I take someone. Maybe I'll look in the orchestra pit. Right. <laughs> Someone who's in the business, but not my department. Exactly. Yes. So, Hello Dolly was a huge... I mean, it was the toast of the town. Yeah. Everyone talked about it, and I got to see it in previews with with Bet, and it was crazy. But, I mean, it was also... Yeah, you saw it pretty early on. Yeah, I saw it, like, the first or second week of previews. Yeah. So, but it was also a bit of a circus. In in a good circus. But, I mean, there's so much press and excitement and events and tight-lipped and gossip. I mean, was it a thrilling process or was it also just like inside of the Schubert it was a job? It was probably a little bit of everything. We had worked on it. I did a five-week dance lab. Dance and staging sort of so like some of the bigger numbers lab for Scott Rudin and Warren Carlisle and Jerry Zachs in August of 2016. So we did five weeks of work on the show. Some people were in the show, some people were not, right? So oh, wow. some people just Warren and Jerry had gotten together and some people not. And we did everything from like, I was a waiter in the waiter's gala to I played Irene one day in this and then Ermengarde in that, or I said some Dolly lines at one point. You know, we just stepped into whatever role they needed us mm. to step into and figured out staging and dance numbers and stuff and did a lot of work on the show. And then later, a smaller group of us did a little bit of work with Bette herself so that she could start learning the music and all of those things with some bodies around her. That was quick, that, you know, a couple weeks. And then we started official rehearsals in January. So I had worked on it already for like seven weeks before I even started rehearsals in January of 2017. As I've gotten older, I really love the rehearsal process because I think that's when you're making something, right? So you're helping make something and that becomes more important, I think, Mm. sometimes. Yeah. We got into the rehearsals and it was like full speed ahead, right? And we moved really quickly and that is like the hardest working person. It's so funny, it's a lot of these big time celebrities that I've worked for, you realize why they're celebrities and why they're famous because they work really hard. Mm. Like Daniel Radcliffe is one of the hardest working people I've ever met in my life. Yeah. Bette Midler was 71 when we started that show and worked harder than anybody I've ever met. They bust their butts and that's why they're successful. And um, it's incredible. And she's like, you know, she's a workhorse. And then you got a team like Jerry Zachs and who is like maybe the funniest person in the world. I, 
maybe a little bit in love with him. <laughs> Not even maybe, definitely. Just knows comedy and knows how to get the laugh and knows how to tell a story. And then Warren, obviously. And then we were also restaging a lot of the original choreography mixed in with Warren's stuff. Mm. It was like a combination of the two things, which was kind of fun. And it was like full speed ahead, man. It was that Scott Rudin is meticulous. This is why all of his shows are successful and why he produces beautiful work. Yeah. He's very involved and very hands-on. It was my first time working for him and he gets it done, you know. And never through that process was I ever worried that the product wouldn't be what people wanted. Ever. Not for a second. And I haven't felt that way always, you know. So yeah. I knew it was going to be good. And they just didn't, you know, they spent a lot of money on it and it showed. And the costumes, Santa Laqu and he just, those costumes and sets... Yeah, I mean Sunday clothes got applause and just from the entrance. We're just walking clothes. Yeah. yeah, it was amazing. And you know, it's like it was one of those shows too, where my dressing room was one of my favorite dressing rooms. Mm. Gavin Creel is one of my really dearest, closest friends. So like working with him two shows in a row is like a dream yeah. come true. It was a really special moment, and we all knew it. And it's so exciting. Yeah. Did you know you were leaving? Because I mean, you you would say, "Why would you leave?" Like from no. from Bette Midler to yeah. Peters, why leave? Yeah, I would never have left unless something really great came along. And and this year, I said no to some auditions because I'm just in a different place in my life. And so some stuff, I don't know if I would want to do eight shows a week if I were to happen to book it. Like it just with my body and with my where I am in my life. And I didn't audition for just everything, but when My Fair Lady came around. It has been a dream of mine to work at Lincoln Center. Mm -hmm. And I've known Chris, Chris Catelli socially and as a peer for years, but I've never worked for him. And I'm dying, I was dying to work for him. Me too. You he's hear that? just the loveliest. <laughs> yeah, right? You hear that, Chris? Um, he's like the loveliest man and human. Yeah. And so smart. And then Bart Chair. I mean, that's another person. I had not even auditioned for Bart ever before. And so for me, he's really someone I think of as a creative genius, and I'm not even just using that word lightly, I yeah. he's a genius. And it's an interesting process, and it's a lot of layering, and it's a lot of trying things, and it's very creative, which I like. Yeah. So I felt like a real actor in this show, even in the ensemble, which is really nice. So oftentimes we don't feel that way, so yeah. it's nice. And so when the auditions came around, I was like, I really want to try to do this. And at that point, you know, by the time I started, it had been a, over a year of yeah. for me. So. You know, unless I would have stayed happily, of course I would have stayed right. happily, but I like to also keep it fresh and, you know, do something new yeah. if it's available to me. And so this seemed like a perfect sort of fit. So you and bet that together, right? I, it was seven of us. It was uh, me, Bet. Oh, I thought it was just you. Wouldn't that be nice? Just you and Bet. <laughs> just me and Bet leaving the other, you know. No, it was me, Bet, David Hyde Pierce, the amazing Linda Muggleston, who I've done many shows with, and she's now in My Fair Lady with me again. Oh. And we just love, I'm literally like, if I could have Linda Muggleston, I, she could put me in her contract or I could have her in my contract, then I'd be really happy about it. She's had an amazing career also. Yes, right. And she's playing Mrs. Pierce in My Fair Lady. She's brilliant. So David, Bet, myself, Linda, the incredible Jess Laprado, who's at Carousel. Mm. Oh, and our incredible Taylor Trench, who's at Darren Hansen. Yes. I love so much. And he's so good in the show, so everyone go see him do it. And it, Beanie Feldstein, who was like the most adorable person in the show. She was our mini fae. She's just a big movie star now. So She is? Oh, yeah, Lady Bird. She's one of the leads in Lady Bird. Oh, she was? For all the Oscars this oh, year. Oh, wow. Played, I thought she was really great. Yeah. And also completely... Against type. Against type. Yeah. 
which I was like thrilled about because in the too. beginning he, she and Taylor both kind of were against yeah him. I was watching it and I was like wait a minute is that Minnie Fay? and all of a sudden I was like oh this is yeah. different because you don't think it's going to be cute. they usually hire a Zanita Shin type it's like a Basically. cute blonde girl yeah. so it's, which is great and it works either way but I did think it was kind of refreshing and nice to have these like super quirky, nerdy versions of those people. I agree. And they're both so funny. And Beanie, yeah, Beanie's like, you know, one of the leads of Lady Bird this year. Ah, good Nominated for, for all the Oscars and awards. And then, you know, has like a million movies coming out this year and is going to be a big time movie star. Oh, that's great. And couldn't be a nicer human being. Oh. So. Yes, you mentioned your body. Uh, have you... Dealt with injuries? Are you in and out of PT? <laughs> I am like, my physical therapist, like, I have like physical therapists who are like my friends now because I just like, <laughs> my friend Laura, who just worked with me for a year at Dolly, my friend Natalie Kinghorn, my friend Chris Kerner, I mean, Julie Siegel. I could be like all of the physical therapists in, in New York City. Yeah, I've had, I blew out my ankle a couple years ago and would have been better off breaking it. I just tore everything. Uh. So that was a big time recovery. I was with my buddy Chris for 10 months, three times a week, four times a week for 10 months, you know, and while trying to do Gigi. So it was hard, really hard. Yeah. Uh, that Gigi was a hard process for me because I didn't feel like I was at my best and I was trying to work not at my best. And so that was really frustrating for me. And then I've, I tore my calf, you know, before Dolly started and luckily had some time to, to rehab that. And, you know, and then just normal, you know, I'm not afraid of age, so I'm happy to say I'm 35. And so I'm 35, and I've been dancing since I was four. Yeah. So I'm an athlete, and it hurts, and I have yeah. my own set of physical therapy cups at home. I'm, you know, I have, like, all the TheraBands and the rollers, and the you just have to do things differently. Yeah. You know, I do the Pilates, and I do the cycling, and I warm up, and I try to cool down. I'm not as good about that, but, you know, things like that, and you just... You have to. You have to. Yeah. Otherwise, you don't make it. Yeah. No, I, com- I completely understand. Yeah. I'm going out of town right. recently, and I, my box I'm mailing, I was like, I have rollers and bobs. Yeah. I was like, I have a box just of physical yeah, therapy. Yeah, the Advil and the things. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, God. Are you pretty good at knowing, like, I need to call out, I, I'm hurt? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm not going to push. You know, there's that thing a lot of people are like, I'm, I never call out. Well, good for you. But if you're hurt or you're sick, you need to call out. Because if you're sick... Don't come to work and get everybody else sick, number one. Yeah. People will be very upset. And number two, like I said before, it's the show will go on. And if you're hurt, now I don't like the people that do it all the time, obviously. But if you're injured, you need to take care of yourself so you can yeah. get back in and get back in the race. Because it's grueling. It's eight shows a week. And then oftentimes with rehearsals, if you're understudying or covering, internally covering things, whatever, you're sometimes there not just for your eight shows a week. You're there during the day on Thursdays and Fridays. So it's a lot. Yeah, we talked peripherally about the fact that sometimes you have to go on stage when you don't want to go on stage. Yeah, you know what I mean. Whatever's going on with your life, how do you leave your life at the door and come become someone else when your personal life is in havoc? It's tough. I I've had a really probably my most challenging year and a half to date, and getting out of an engagement and a ten-year relationship with a a fellow actor, and and obviously was with that person for a long time, and there were many amazing things, and then when the relationship ended, having to deal with that, we have a lot of mutual friends, obviously. We have a lot of mutual people we work for and audition for, and then it's also just your emotions and your heart, and having to go do your job. I'm a person that even when it's hard to get to the job because you're sad or or angry or whatever, 
I'm, I'm thankful for the job because it gives me a moment to not think about it. Mm-hmm. And I have to, because I have no choice but to go on stage and do that job. It's my, it's my job. So I'm here and getting paid and I have to be here and do it. And so I am sort of thankful for those things when they happen. Not everybody feels that way, I think. It's not easy. Mm. It's not easy. And oftentimes I do these really happy musicals. <laughs> 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 and like, so yeah, so you're out there with a smile on your face and meanwhile, you your relationship, right, you're exactly. Like yeah, you're crying, because, right. <laughs> so it's like, yeah, and, and the audience doesn't know that you're Engagement has ended. No, and they don't—they're not even looking at you like you're doing a job. No, they're there, and nowadays, especially with like food and wine, and you know, it's tricky. But I'm thankful. Like, I'm Dolly came at a really good time for me because of that, and those people, that dressing room, got me through it. Got me through getting to that wedding day that didn't happen. Mm. Got me through a lot of those firsts of a year of coming out of something. So those women will forever be in my heart because of that, and yeah. they know that. So in years to come, you remember that. Yeah. And working with Bette Midler. And Bette Midler, of will course. Be like, but that will be like second or third. It will be second or third, honestly. Not that it wasn't amazing working for her and. Oh, of course. All working with her, but the that that ensemble women's dressing room, and they all know it. And we have a hilarious text thread that if anybody saw, you would wet your pants with laughter. A really funny group of women. They're very special. Yeah. Well, speaking of first, this is your first time at Lincoln Center. Yes. And it's interesting because working at Lincoln Center is such a goal and an exciting. I worked for Lincoln Center, rehearsed mm-hmm. there, but we didn't open. Right, you there. did another show. Yeah. Yeah. So I. Which I, happens a lot. Yes. Yeah, so, so that's a, a dream of mine. But it's because it's even though it's a Broadway show, it's still it's Lincoln Center, so it's a whole different experience, and it's like a mini little art community over there, mm-hmm. like underneath. With all those theaters, I mean, how now that you've had your yeah. first preview, I mean, how is that going to be? And do you, do you think that you're going to just enjoy this long run? No, I literally want to ask Bart and Andre Bishop and everybody that's at Lincoln Center, like, can I just be on staff here? Like, if I'm not doing a show, can I like do something else? Like, can I get my whatever? Because I just think it's like there are those theaters that feel really special. Like my experience at the Denver Center when I did Molly Brown there it was a really special experience, and I loved every minute of it. And I would do any show there that mm. I could possibly do. I'd just go work there anytime. I would love, plus I love to Denver, but Lincoln Center feels like, and Roundabout has this feel also because they're, they're not for profit. It feels like a regional theater on Broadway mm. in the best possible way. Yeah. It's a real family. I was, we had our first preview party on Thursday night and I was trying to get to know some of the folks I hadn't gotten to know yet, like some of the crew and whatever. And I was talking to one of our follow spot operators and he's worked there for 28 years. You know, and there's people that have worked there for 30 years and 25 years and whatever. And I see why. Yeah, I get it. And it's really fun being there. Like we were rehearsing in the big rehearsal room and admissions, which is an off Broadway play that's happening there in the new house theater, which is downstairs, was starting tech and previews. And so we would see them in the hallway and in the green room and in the bathroom, you know, and you're like chatting with them. And then upstairs at LCT3, Queens was happening, is happening, and my friend Zuzana is in that play and I would run into her. So it's like really fun. Yeah. And also it's just Lincoln Center. So it's fancy. It feels fancy and it, you know, I'm in a dressing room with two other women with like a heated toilet. Everybody talks about the toilets at Lincoln Center. (laughs) Every person. Like when I got the job, people were like, congratulations, wait till you get to the bathrooms. And you're like, what? Or the dressing rooms, you know? So <laughs> it's true. It's fabulous. It's a heated, fabulous toilet in the shower. It's like a steam. I mean, it's amazing. 
So, which does not happen. Folks who don't do theater and are listening to this, you're usually in a really old, tiny dressing room and you're like maybe afraid of a mouse going over your shoes. Yeah, and <laughs> so. like no, no shower. Sometimes you <laughs> yeah. share, share a bathroom with the whole like floor. Like a million people. Yeah. It is what it is. So this is, it's, it's just fancier. But they're also really nice people to work for and they also make beautiful things that mm-hmm. people want to see and they're, they do great work. Yeah. So it's I'm really excited about it. Oh. I feel like like I walk through by the fountain every day with my coffee, and I'm like, this is so exciting. Like it's oh, just exciting. I me. completely agree. Like, genuinely. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they don't necessarily do this on Broadway, sadly, but you get dressed up to go to the theater and then get. Yeah, you do, and it doesn't happen all the time. You're right. It does yes. not happen all the time, and it feels yeah, it feels a little bit fancy. It does, and I mean, I love seeing stuff there. Me I mean, too. And I, I love the fact that every old time you show that I've seen there. Uh, I go in like, ugh, I'm going to see King and I'm going to see South And I walk out going, I had no idea this show was that good because they, I don't know what they do, they preserve it. The orchestra, having a full orchestra. We have have 29 piece orchestra, which is unheard of nowadays. Dolly was 22, which is massive. Massive. So it's like, you know, and also you just named two other shows that Bart directed. Bartlett is like, what he does with a revival is really smart and he revives a beautiful show but he doesn't just do it the way everybody's always done it and he actually makes it relevant he tries he attempts like with my fair lady right now it is a lot of people think of it as this like chauvinistic show and whatever it is so relevant for right now it's Mm. unbelievable wow and the way we're approaching it is really perfect for that and lauren ambrose is mind-blowing people are not ready for her as an actress and a singer and a true performer that's great too, because I'm not a fan of her. I mean, six oh, feet yeah, under. Six feet under. Come yeah. on, she's a great actor. She's also like a mom and a wife, and so down to earth, and so grounded and smart. And I'm like a giant. I have a little bit of a lady crush on her, oh. so it's it's pretty great. Well, I do want the end for her to be like, get your own damn slippers and throw yeah. them out because like. Well, we've got. Oh, I definitely want to go see it because that's like, yeah, like it's always hard. And I mean, I'm a man, so I can't imagine what a woman feels at the end of it. It's tricky, but she has her moments also. She's a smart woman, Eliza. Yes, she's just not formally educated, right? And she's from this lower class and she's had to fend for herself, but she's so smart, yeah, obviously. And then Harry Haddon Patton, who plays Henry Higgins, is like. Maybe one of the best actors I've ever worked with. So wow, people are, he's a Brit. He's like the best ever. Everybody's a little bit in love with him. Nice. So do, it's do you get to understudy? Or you get to like have I'm Thursdays not understudying, off. and it's kind of okay. <laughs> it's sort of like okay with having a minute. It's like one of the first times. I mean, I've done a couple where I haven't covered, but for the most part, I've had to worry about something else other than just me. And it's kind of nice to just worry about me. She loves me. I didn't have to cover. And that was a limited run. And then this one, I, I don't. It's kind of nice. Yeah, absolutely. You know, talk to me in six months when I'm like, well, now I'd like a challenge, you know. Yeah, but, uh, but for now, I'm enjoying it, yeah. which is kind of good. So of your uh, amazing career up to this point, and it's going to go on and on, is there something that just sticks out? I mean, I'm assuming nice work would probably be going on. Kelly would be yeah. one of them. But is there something that is so special to you, mm-hmm. big or small, that you would love? Well, for me, okay, nice work because of that understudy was like really special to me and because Kelly is like the most generous woman and was so giving in that sense and was like you know I don't know she's just like the classiest class act of all time but She Loves Me was like one of my favorite shows I've ever done in my entire career. I think that show is so special 
And I thought that production was so good and I loved every minute of it. So that one for me, and then Hairspray, because Hairspray, I met my people yeah. on Hairspray. You know, I met all of those really important people in my life, even the ones who aren't in it anymore, you know, that was even special. So I have this, I don't know if you've heard of that app, Marco Polo, and it's like video messaging back and forth. Oh no. And you can do these group messages, and so like three of my best friends from that show were still, four of us, two are in LA, and two of us are here, and we just go back and forth all day long on this thing, and we see each other's faces, and I met them at 20 years old. Hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. And our lives are so different now. We've gone through so many. One just had a baby. One's kind of her career has completely changed and she's shifted. You know, it's just all fun. It's really neat. And so that show for me was really a special time in my life. Yeah. yeah. When I saw She Loves Me, Hell Prince was in the audience that night. Oh, wow. And they brought him up on stage. Yeah. And I like, I was never. A big deal. And I do not use my phone at all. Yeah. I'm very strict. Right. Okay, I might have turned it on during the curtain call and took a picture with yes. Hell Prince on stage. Come on. And I was like, and I got TDF tickets yeah. and it was really, really close. And I was like, I cannot believe I'm seeing Hell Prince right up there. It was amazing. It was that whole experience, like Sheldon Harnick was there with us every day. We got a couple of lyric changes in our production, just minor things, but that Sheldon came in with. And so like that in itself was, his wife Margie was there like taking pictures and gave each of us like individual photo books of pictures she had taken. I mean, they're just, he just is like, amazing man in his 80s like has more energy than I've ever had oh my god so that whole thing and I met a lot of really wonderful people and you know I've always looked up to Jane Krakowski she's hilarious yeah Laura Benanti I've known for years and we've done a couple little things together so it's nice to do like a run of something right Zach Levi and I became really good friends that women's ensemble there's only five of us in the ensemble we were inseparable so my friend Jen Foote who's done like a million Broadway shows and you know I, she's another one I would like to do every show with my friend right. Laura Shoup that I did Oklahoma with it was just awesome yeah that whole time was like really fun yeah I wanted that was one of those shows I didn't want to be a limited run yeah. I was like why is this a limited run I know and you're in the legendary Studio 54 oh that theater that crew it's one of my favorite theaters I've ever worked in I also lived on 54th Street at the time so I would uh, just walk across the street oh even better spoiled rotten yeah yeah well, this has been a lovely interview. Thanks. I, I know exactly you. why everyone said I should Aww. interview you, so thank you so much. Thank you. So I'd like to end the podcast with a song that's special to you at any place of your life. It could be special to you right now, last night, or uh, or from Music Man. Is it, is it, should it be um, a musical theater song? Oh, no. no it could no. be an, any song? Any song. Okay, so I think one of my favorite songs, and this has to do with my family, we love the Allman Brothers Band. And the song Blue Sky is like my favorite. I skipped something. What'd you skip? Good thing okay, I remember. We'll go back. I wrote this down a year ago, and I can't believe I. Good thing I remember this. <laughs> you wrote this on Facebook on opening night of Hello Dolly. Right. And that's when we first met, and I was like, oh, I'm gonna interview her, so I started to stalk you. I wrote that, I, I took this down because you wrote, you said this, and I just thought it was so beautiful, so I'll let you say it right there. Oh, it was okay. your own opening night post. Oh, yeah. So should I describe the picture, I guess? Yes. Okay, so I posted a picture on opening night of Hello Dolly. I had this fabulous blue dress and I borrowed, I have this ring that my mom had given me years and years and years ago. Just like a fun, funky cocktail ring that she had and that she used to wear. And then I had a pair of my grandmother's earrings and then my mom's, one of my mom's best friends in the whole world, who was sort of like an aunt to me, had passed away about a year before and we were very close and I inherited some of her things like the, she didn't have any daughters so I inherited a clutch and some jewelry and things like that lots of things so I posted a picture with all those things and I said 
My grandmother who passed away when I was young lent me these beautiful earrings, and one of my mother's best friends who passed away last year and was basically family to me gave me this clutch. The ring was my mom's. I felt surrounded by beautiful women who have inspired me and taken care of me at different times in my life. And um, this makes me want to cry a little bit. <laughs> but yeah, those women are like, you know, obviously super important to me. My mom is super important to me. So it was kind of special to do that. <laughs> well, I, I was so impressed by it because I thought it was beautiful, but it was also people express gratitude on opening nights. Of course. But for, for the resume credit or for the this or the, the bet, and just the fact that you showed so much vulnerability and of uh, the people that got you to where you yeah. were, I was really touched by that. Well, so. those, it's, it's funny, those three women, including my mom's friend, Sandy, like she, she was just a part of my life my whole life. She's known my parents since they were in college. And so she was a huge part of my life as a kid and growing up. And so she was just as important as my, my mom. And, and my aunt is the same way. I, you know, a lot of really amazing women that are yeah. around me. And women are the they're, they're the yeah, backbone. It's true. That we don't. I mean that they. It's they, true. They, 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 do, they need more credit. <laughs> and my dad would even say that. So. Yeah. So yeah. well, thank you again. Now I forgot the name of the song. No. So um, it's the Allman <laughs> Brothers. It's it's called Blue Sky. Blue it's Sky. It's a really great, old, awesome, sweet song. It's one of the ones you used to sing with your dad. Yeah. Uh, perfect. Yeah. <laughs> thank you very much. Thank you. Walk along the river. Just keep on flowing